What's up, everyone? Welcome to our review of The Mandalorian, Episode 2. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. And just as a reminder, this review will be mostly spoiler content, so this is your friendly warning to abort mission if you want to remain spoiler-free. So it's going to be a little bit different from our last episode, but we're going to have fun. All right, John. Let's do a little bit of a summary here. So, Episode 2, we... uh. We pick up basically where we left off, where the Mandalorian uh, is leaving with Baby Yoda, gets back to a ship, realizes that the Jawas are tearing it apart, getting the parts, loading it up onto their sandwalker, sand crawler, uh, starts taking out a few of them with his uh, with his gun, vaporizing a few of them. Oh yeah, pretty cool to see. Uh, effects are all, all pretty good on that. Um, starts chasing after them when they're getting away, has some trouble. Falls down, gets knocked out, uh, wakes up, realizes he needs some help, goes and gets his friend, uh, comes back, and trades for the parts, realizes that he may need something else in exchange because they what they want he can't give them. That's when he goes and uh, has to face off against the Mudhorn uh, mm-hmm. to get the egg, uh, which he realizes is just the regular Mudhorn egg. Suka! 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 Uh, and that's how he gets off world because eventually he gets his parts for his ship and uh, is able to leave leave the planet and start taking the baby Yoda back. Yeah, and we see that we see the baby Yoda use force powers. Yes, and before before uh, the Mandalorian makes it to his ship, he is intercepted by Transdosians. Yes, with their spear spear like type of weapon. And he disintegrates one, and I guess they all have bounties still on the kid, so to kill him. Yeah, which is crazy. So we, because we know that they've been sending other uh, bounty hunters to go get this kid for a while now. We don't know exactly how long, but in the span of of the Mando showing up, they've been sending him. They sent IG Eleven, and now they sent these Transdotions that we know about Transdotions. Um, so who knows how many others that have been? How many? Who knows how many others there are out there just waiting for him? to get close i mean they obviously really want this thing and they're going to go to any lengths to get it even die or get disintegrated even dying (laughs) so some of the new characters in this uh we got a look at jawas they're not new to the cinematic universe but they're new in this episode Uh, we haven't seen them yet and oh my goodness i love the jawas yeah they are as mischievous goofy and just a hilarious hive mind that i need more of in my life i mean we never really even in in previous movies we haven't really seen much about them or like their lifestyle anything that they do we just know about them the fact that they scavenge uh that they drive this big sand crawler thing and that's pretty much been it they're the the original they're the original ewok yeah houdini (laughs) suga suga I love it. I love it when they say that. And then the other character that was introduced was the Mudhorn. Yeah. So this is the creature. Uh, big rhino-like The thing. big rhino. Hairy rhino that the Mandalorian has to fight. Which uh, a lot of people online have been saying like, oh, you know, Mandalorians don't do well against horned creatures. Uh, as you, Jango Fett got uh, almost killed by the uh, horned creature in episode two, the clone uh attack of the clones yeah and now we're seeing uh pedro pascal's character have to face off against one that nearly kills him Mm -hmm. and it should have killed him 
if not for Baby Yoda protecting him. So uh, that was a really cool design. I like that the egg was hairy, just mm-hmm. like this creature. Yeah. I thought it was kind of an in- an interesting and very alien design. It's a uh, subtle things like that. Yeah, subtle things. So I think I think they nailed more Star Wars aesthetics in this episode with the characters they brought on. Yeah, what's what's just kind of developing for me and and kind of what i'm coming to realize about this show is that it's less about flash and like these big star wars set pieces that we've come to know and love and more about like if if you were a kid and you were given all of the b-list star wars toys you couldn't have any of the skywalkers none of the the jabba's uh none of the main character stuff and you were just told to play with them like this show would be what that would be about where you're, you have all these side characters that really haven't been given a lot of history or uh, screen time in the past, and now they're becoming these big players in the series, and you're really getting to see more of them in action. And it's it's really interesting to me how they are using all these characters and um, really developing the world in such a different way. I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, and they're and going to how they're interacting in the new worlds, like in these new characters. I love their interactions with each other, mm-hmm. where it seemed very very star wars for after you know nick nolte the ugnaught helps uh the mandalorian get all of his ship parts back and then help him put it back together and he has the time to he's like i can use a shipmate like you and he's like no i don't think i will uh i've been spent a life in servitude and now he's finally free and, and- you are a guest in my valley and i love that character dynamic that he had i love the dialogue they had and mm-hmm. i love that the mandalorian did what you would want to it's like offer this person a job like yeah i could use someone you on my crew dude like thank you so much and it's good to see the mandalorian also grateful and uh going back to the mandalorian with his his development mm-hmm. in this uh episode i actually enjoyed this episode more than the last one despite it being shorter and having less world building content as far as introducing us to the mandalorian because it showed how like the mandalorian was in a lot of fight situations this felt more action-packed and more more of a more of a tragedy but a tragedy that's overcome by you know the Mandalorian's tenacity to keep on fighting. Like the stakes were bigger in a lot of ways. Yeah, because he's alone. He's got the bounty with him. People are coming after him. So he's in this. He's always in danger. Mm-hmm. He's not out of the woods as compared to the last episode where he landed and he had to figure out how to ride a blurg. And then at the end, that's where we get the in danger moment. This one. There was a lot of uncertainty, which I very much enjoyed. It definitely felt like in the first episode, he was more in control and, and, and more confident in every situation he went into, or he was able to pick up skills very quickly that he needed. But yeah, in this one, uh, he was faced with things that were out of his control that he really had to step out of his comfort zone to address and to uh, overcome. And it felt like he came a long way, and now he's accepting more help from these these other beings around him. His, his world is expanding with the idea that this this small baby has these powers he's not really familiar with in a lot of ways. Yeah, and and along with that, he, going back to the baby, he's so protective mm-hmm. of the baby. Uh, you know, the way he's now got it on the controller, uh, and so that when the mud horn goes after Baby Yoda, he moves it over yeah. with his uh, with the controller on his, on his wrist, and also... When he gets cut by the Transdotions, the Baby Yoda 
somehow leaps down from that crate <laughs> that floating cradle and tries to like help him and he has to get up put the baby back in the spot do it another time it's just so cute it, it almost makes me wonder if in some kind of like backstory backstory flashback that we're going to see if maybe the mandalorian is a father because he was acting very paternal in a lot of ways this episode very protective of the young one that he's not even he he doesn't have to bring it back alive but he he's choosing to and he's choosing to put a lot of energy into protecting it so i wonder what kind of other things is gonna are gonna spin off from this type of interaction and knowledge or maybe he's pretending so he get that sweet best car armor mm. <laughs> but you can't see a connection and it's very it's very enjoyable it's so cute oh yeah maybe yoda uh and then it, it it within it's contained still to the same planet we're still on that that planet with the blurgs and nick nolte's ugnot and What's great about this is you get to see more into the Jawa culture mm-hmm. and how they're they have that moving fortress, and we've seen the inside of the moving fortress before with Episode Four, where R two D two and C three PO are just surrounded by scrap, and you see them walk to the front of the controller where the there's a little pilot or whatever. And we got to see it again in The Mandalorian and see how tall he is compared to everyone popping his helmet on top of some of the control panels. So it was really cool to see that again and see him climb the fortress to get to the top. And then at the top, there's just a bunch of them waiting for him and they all shoot him off. Yeah. Which is really cool. I enjoyed seeing their different uh, or the weapon that they used against R2-D2 also in episode four. Mm -hmm. So it was more that... um, that world building but that continuation of canon that i really enjoyed a lot in this uh, episode definitely a lot of good callbacks yeah what are your final thoughts on the episode i i'm excited that like i said i think i talked about this about the first episode that they're pacing it really well it doesn't seem rushed it it seems like it's good story building for me um i could see how maybe some people would would find this a little slow uh but i'm like myself yeah which, and I mean, it is a little slow right now. I would say that's something more of something that I enjoy, uh, knowing that this is going in a direction uh, that's going to introduce a lot more characters down the road, because we've there are so many that we've seen in the trailers we, we haven't seen yet. Um, it gives me more, it keeps raising more and more questions for me about what are the extents of the, the Baby Yoda's force powers? Um, is he going to turn him over, or is he going to give give him to the client in order to get the best car steal that he needs? And then go back in later and maybe rescue the baby from whatever they're going to do with it. Um, it it asks just as many questions as it answers for me, and I find that really intriguing. Yeah, and uh, uh, it, it it definitely is with what they're building and the questions that are happening. You know, with this, we weren't left on too much of a cliffhanger, except that hey, he's going to deliver he's going to deliver the baby. The question is now: Is he going to or is he not? And uh, one of the things we were talking about before we started this is that you love the baby Yoda and how it's entirely practical. Yeah, no, I, I love the fact that they there are some creatures that they are doing entirely CG. And I think that they could have gone with the CG route on this, but they're choosing to make it just like uh, the Yoda or just like Yoda from the original trilogy where it's it's a puppet. It's all practical um, and it's just that type of aesthetic and that feel that's so 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 much more tangible that I really appreciate and like. Yeah, and uh, it's a lot of great things. And for, mostly for me and my final thoughts with this is 
I settled in. Mm-hmm. I know last last time what I discussed with it is that it felt pacing was really slow. I wasn't used to it because most uh, of the Star Wars content, the pacing is not slow. We don't have a lot of time to focus on the character development like the way they did in Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, which was beautifully paced. And this, I've settled in. It feels more like a Western in this episode than it did last episode, which is what everyone's saying. It's a Western, and this one felt much like it. There's a campfire. He's fighting against random enemies while he's transporting this thing. He has his, like, you know, horse carriage, his ship, uh, you know, has been vandalized. He has to go find the people who who took all of his parts, and he's got to go get those parts by doing another task for him. Uh, it's very much like a video game where you're doing side quests all the time. Yeah. And I absolutely loved that idea that he always has to do something and we didn't get a lot of exposition in this episode which doesn't upset me this is just us pro getting a better idea of his abilities his tenacity and for the most part uh how he develops relationships with other people because he just he didn't go up to the Jawas and like yell stop stop give me my ship back he just started lighting them up yeah he, he, he there was no there was no moment of negotiation until Nick Nolte's Ugnot said we need to negotiate and he's like eh, they really don't like you and he's like eh, I disintegrated a few of them uh, but we also get a sense of his culture mm-hmm. he says this is my religion I always have to have a weapon on him so we're also getting to see him be vulnerable and doing things he's not used to so we're already getting that character development of uh, when uh, Werner Herzog's character in the beginning said, you were the best in the Parsec. You see now in this episode too that he's trying to be the best in the Parsec. He's trying to be his normal self, but he has to be a little bit different to mess with the beats. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy that juxtaposition of what we were given in episode one versus episode two. Yeah, and I, I guess one of my final final thoughts is um, in relation to um, his reaction to the Baby Yoda's Force powers. Oh, and that, it's so good. Which he he doesn't know what to think. He's trying to explain it to the Ugnaught, and he can't. The Ugnaught doesn't fully understand what's going on. And to me, just thinking about it more, it really makes sense because uh, when you look at the, the prequel trilogy with all the Jedi and the Sith, uh, there was so much rampant use of the Force in so many different places that, of course, it's much more well-known. It's uh, such a widespread thing. But then even when you get to the original trilogy, um, you you see the way that uh, Vader's generals are reacting to him talking about the Force, and that basically it's just a wives' tale. Like, what are you... You're not a... You're a wizard. Like, what are you doing here? It's nothing. That old religion you hold on to. Exactly. And then for them to see it, in action, they're much more shocked. So even by the time we get to episode four, um, there is such much less use of uh, of the Force in general that, of course, it's becoming more legendary. It's not really known as this thing that truly exists. It's much more of a wives' tale. Um, so it makes sense to me that at this point, which is set uh, nine years, I believe, after the events of uh, episode it, six. It, yeah, so... They're saying five years definitely after Return of the Jedi. Okay. And between, it's between um, 
the Battle of the, Yavin. The battle between the Battle of Yavin and Empire Strike Back Strikes Back. People are like, is it five years? Is it six years? Which then immediately go and you also have Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the whole timeline is like three years and three years, or is it all together six years between, you know, the first movie and the last movie? So roughly what we can say is probably five to six mm-hmm. is what it is from A New Hope through uh return of the jedi so let's say 10 to 11 years 10 years probably being the best yeah of how long it's been since uh you know i don't don't know where i was going with that (laughs) yeah so even even just after that short brief period of time um when you have luke skywalker and vader oh yeah and and the emperor using the force to now go um, it's been five it's been five years yeah so even to go into the outer rim like this is set in and to go into these uh, territories that aren't really as well traversed, uh, especially by the main characters, the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah. Um, for them to not fully understand what the Force is is, to me, completely believable and practical. And I think it would make less sense if if everyone completely understood the Force, no matter where they were, no matter how long it's been. Um, uh, so uh, I really appreciated the fact that this was kind of a nod to that, and that. It, it set that tone for the story of these people don't know what the force is and then to see the rest of the characters that we're going to be introduced to later on interact to that i think is going to be really interesting i, I i'm more shocked by that idea because it's 30 years from the time that revenge of the sith ends mm-hmm. or all the execute order 66 all the jedi die it takes th- probably roughly around 30 years to when we get to the mandalorian because you know let's say it takes 19 years to get through luke's journey yeah uh or to get to luke to start with Mm -hmm. and then you've got you know the six years that is in the the original trilogy and then five years uh, is the Mandalorian afterwards so 30 years roughly and people forgot the force i think that for me i'm more uh, i'm enjoying it more because it's like we're rediscovering the force but i'm also shocked that there are characters that don't bring up like what was you know was that no one says like was that the force no one knows what it is i'm kind of shocked that they did that but i think i'm going to appreciate it more in the long run because now we're getting to see characters in this universe who've never seen this yeah and i it's like us when we watch the movies for the first time like as little kids like what is the force and i really love that that flipping it on its heads like this is the universe without the force and now we're going to introduce this super god baby that can use it but doesn't know how to doesn't explain to them and they have to figure it out and then for them to go uh like all of these events like we're talking about to then the force awakens in that time period um we, it's it's setting up a period where we know that the force by the by the events of the force awakens that the the universe as a whole does not remember the force and it is basically on the back burner of people's memories they don't understand it kind of like these characters now so we know that this character the baby yoda isn't going to become this major player down the road that is this huge force user that becomes super well known um we know that that's just not going to happen because otherwise they would have mentioned that in the force awakens but yeah so it's interesting that it's it's a self-contained story in the part of the universe we haven't seen telling stories from a perspective like you said that that we were seeing the 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 star wars movies for the first time and really starting to understand and and learn about the uh the different aspects of the jedi and the sith yeah and 
uh, it very much feels like that. It's very relatable in that aspect. And uh, before we head on out on the review, I just want to get your thoughts um, on what I'm about to say, Mm -hmm. which is after this episode, I was like, I want the rest right now and (laughs) want to binge this so bad. Yeah. Like this episode as a whole grabbed me a lot better than the end of the pilot episode, episode one. Mm -hmm. So I'm all in. I'm all ready. I'm so excited to see what happens next. I'm amped. (laughs) And I was wondering, do you you feel like you want to binge this really badly? Well, I mean, I think I would want to binge it just because that's the culture I'm a part of now. Oh. And I binge everything. Um, I... I definitely, I mean, I, I would watch the rest of the series right now if I could. Um, but I I like that we have to wait a little bit. And that, because I rewatched it again today. And even the second time around, it was still enjoyable. And I, I think it's got a bit more of a rewatchable quality than I initially realized. Uh, so I'm I'm a little upset about the wait because I want to see it right now. Yeah, but absolutely. I, it also makes me appreciate it more and that it, it draws that interest and it's paying off the the reward for the weight as well and i can't wait to see how it's going to do that later on too yeah so as you can tell everyone we are both excited to get going again on the next episode so tune in next week we'll have another uh we'll have another review for episode three we'll also have another podcast up and we'll also be trying something a little bit different so we'd love your feedback on that extra bit of content uh so We will uh, see you next week. All right. Have a great one. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.